is Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast, brought to you by footballindenmark.com. Hello and welcome to Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast. Since the pod began, I've been on a mission to bring you the best stories from the league and take other people like myself who don't speak the language deeper into the heart of what makes Danish football so special. I'm delighted to be joined by a player who knows the league well and whose performances this season have played a major part in a promoted team, taking the scalps of the likes of FC Copenhagen and FC Norgeland. So without further ado, I'm delighted to be joined by AC Horsens goalkeeper Matej Delac. Matej, welcome to the show. Hi, hi, Henry. Hi, thanks you for your invitation. And uh, yeah, what to say? Uh, I'm I'm happy to be your guest, and uh, let's talk. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I thought I'd start at the beginning, uh, obviously. But you started playing first team football at a very young age, and I wondered how you managed to balance the need to develop as a player and mature with the need to perform at such a key position every week with all the pressure that comes with that. Yeah, I started uh, when I was 16. I played my first uh, professional official match, but I was still going in the school and everything. So, uh, uh, but like like a kid, I was always playing with the older team because uh, before in my time, that was all already 14 years, 14 years uh, back. Uh, you didn't have every generation didn't have their own team like it's now. Now you have under 15, under 16, under 17. Before, especially in the smaller countries like Croatia, where it's not much financial situation. You have like three, four generation in one together. Uh, so from really early age, when I was six, when I started to play football, I was playing with the guys with nine years old, ten years old. Uh, so I was already, let's say, prepared for something. And uh, of course, I didn't know that I would be professional keeper in that young age. But that's also helped me uh, for this. What I was, what I was, when I was need to be ready for a senior football. And I guess also at 16, you're still growing. How much were you sort of counting on adding a few extra inches to your height at that point? Or how much was your, your career kind of hinging on that final part of your physical development? Uh, yeah, of course, I was lacking uh, some parts of the physical uh, football, like going to the crosses or something. But uh, I was also lucky that I've been in a not that high, high league uh, where it's so much crosses. I would say Croatian league, it's more about Technical players, as you know, how is Croatian Croatian players in the Europe? Uh, we are more technical. That's also Croatian league. It's more technical, so there is not much like in Denmark. I will say, where is all around the crosses and everything, where it's much more difficult for a keeper to develop. So, uh, but yeah, I needed I needed some time. But uh, then I came to England uh, when I was seventeen and a half, eighteen, and then I saw, okay, uh, I need to I need to build up my strength because uh, otherwise I will not I will not make it. Uh, in a higher level. I was going to ask about England, but before I do that, you mentioned the technical level in, in Croatia. And I wondered, did that help you as a goalkeeper, given that now it's so important for goalkeepers to be able to play with their feet as well as their hands? Uh, yeah, that was also one of the parts uh, when I was young. Uh, of course, they used me uh, They used me more in the build-up in Croatian league. And uh, when you see a goalkeeper with a 16 years old, who is like, I will say calm with the feet and uh, doing it good. Of course, that's interesting. Many scouts around the Europe. That's helped me, of course. Uh, and we were developing that, uh, on that on that point of view. But uh, I will say now in Horsens, uh, we are different team. We are not using that much uh, me in the build up. Uh, we are more uh, putting the ball, uh, kicking from the five meter or whatever, and then we play from there from the second balls. Uh, but I always said, uh, if you use a goalkeeper with the playing with the feet. Every goalkeeper will look 
even better. Of course, it's a risk of playing, but I think every goalkeeper who is in this level, I think he's uh, fine with the feet. And plus, you can develop him even more if you are using him with the feet. So, and then people will say, okay, he's good with the feet. Or you can say to the guy who are, who's, which team is not using him with the feet, you can say, ah, he's not good enough with the feet. But we can never know if he's in that team or if he's in another team who is playing more. Then we can give a, a decision how much he's good with the feet or not. That makes perfect sense. After your, uh, your time in Croatia, you joined Chelsea and then went on a succession of loans. Uh, by the time you left, you were actually the club's longest serving player, I believe. How do you remember your time at the club and, and were the loans helpful to your development? I will. I always, when I back to the Chelsea, I always, I'm really thankful uh, for the chance what I get there to be part of that club. Of course, I didn't get the real chance, I would say, to show myself with the games, but that was many circumstances was uh, part of that uh, because in that in that time, Croatia was still not the part of EU community. So we had the troubles with the working permit and everything in England. So I couldn't get it that easily, the working permit. And uh, and it was not that easy, but uh, Chelsea was really honest to me every time when I was going on loan. And I would say they had some plan of my career, which will go on because they signed also Thibaut Courtois and me in the half year difference. And uh, I was, I knew it from the start. That's what they told me. Uh, they will sign Thibaut and uh, you and him will be produced. He will produce it like a number one choice and you will be produced like a number two choice. But we want to have two goalkeepers for a longer t- part of the years. So you'll be his backup. So I knew it. I will not be number one when I was even both uh, in three, four years when I was, when I would be ready for Chelsea. So, um, and they were always believing in me. They they extended my contract also after uh, first five years. Uh, they offer me. They they like my mentality. They like my my, my development. Uh, but it just didn't work out uh, at the Chelsea. Uh, but in on other clubs, uh, I can say it's developed a lot uh, from the goalkeeper's perspective and the, my human side perspective because I change so many cultures uh, every half a season, every year. Uh, when you look at bigger picture, yeah, of course, I was in many loans. Uh, in the football picture, yeah, maybe it was too many, if you understand. Then people thinking, okay, wow, uh, why he's changing club every year? Maybe something is wrong with that guy, because uh, you cannot know. Uh, it was the same case in Horsens when they were interested in me last uh, when I was going in the last year of the of the contract with Chelsea. Clubs are calling me. I remember uh, coach Bo Hendrickson told me, uh, when we get, uh, when we saw you can be free, we was thinking, ah, but he been on eight loans. Something is maybe wrong with this guy. <laughs> why he's why he's changing that many clubs? Maybe he's making the troubles in every clubs. Uh, but that that was just circumstances. I I wanted to play in every loan. So, uh, for example, I was in. I will take example of Portugal, Vitoria Guimarães, uh, which was a good club, good developing club. It was nice for me. I signed the one year deal uh, of the loan. But I saw it after half year, I'm not playing. And I knew it, I had Chelsea behind me. So for me, it was just most important to get these minutes uh, in the CV and develop. I could stay one year like a second choice in Guimaraes, hope for some cup matches or something. But I never wanted that. So whenever I see it, okay, I, there is a chance I can find a club where I will play. I just left and I went to play. So for me, that was the most important part of these loans to get the minutes. 
Yeah, absolutely. I respect that mentality of wanting to play. You do see some keepers who are just a career number two, right? And so I, I think that, um, yeah, it de definitely says a lot about your character that you uh, that you went out there and tried to find those those starting gigs. Um, how did the move to, to Horsens come about and how much did you know about Danish football before you arrived? Uh, yeah, it was. I was in the last half year of the Chelsea contract and I knew it. Uh, they will not extend my deal. We agreed that it's the best for me to find something else and to develop my career uh, somewhere else. Uh, I, To be honest, I was getting not many, many offers, but I was getting offers. Of course, it's always interesting to get the goalkeeper with the Chelsea CV. Uh, I was also 25, a uh, good age. Uh, but then suddenly that offer came from uh, from Horses. Uh, they contacted me through, through some people. Um, and then uh, I was like, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good league uh, because I was following some, some Scandinavian football. And I was thinking it's good also for my family. Uh, that was also one of the priorities because I get my son. Uh, I had my, my, my son, my first son. Uh, and then we just wanted some safe country. And of course, like I, like I said at the start, the team where I will be number one. Uh, and that what nobody can promise you, number one position. But I knew it. They sold uh, Jesse Joronen to FC Copenhagen. And uh, Bo Henriksen and the goalkeeper coach, uh, Peter Hansen, they told me, uh you'll be our first choice we trust you and uh and they gave me they gave me i said i will say uh good they told me good things so i was i was ready and i thought it will be good a good step in my career to to move to horses and to denmark and five years later you're still here so it's, it was obviously a, a positive experience for you and how nice is it to to feel that somewhere is kind of home i guess after all of those loans to be somewhere long term must feel nice yeah, it's it's great. It's really great. Uh, I think uh, I miss that a little bit. Like I said, on these loans, you are always changing and you're actually never never in that club. Of course, I will give whatever I play. I give my 100%, but it's still different. Like you said, you feel like a home. Uh, now I feel horses like a home. Uh, and also my family, which is the most important thing. Uh, it's coming. Uh, my kids are going here in kindergarten. My son already talked Danish, so uh, my daughter is still young, so uh, she's not that much. But uh, that's important part. And then, uh, and then, uh, of course, first I signed two years deal at the horses, which I was thinking, okay, let's show myself like every football player wants it. Let's show myself for one year, maybe two years, and then I will develop to the next level, to the bigger stage. But then Horsens offered me a new deal after uh, four months, a longer-term deal. And that's what you just said it. Uh, you already gave the answer. Uh, I wanted some security and I wanted some calmness uh, for me and for my family, of course. And uh, that's what Horsens gave me. And uh, that's why I signed the longer-term uh, deal with Horsens. And finally, I... I actually play uh, for one club more than one year <laughs> in a row, and now it's five years. So, uh, so it's really nice feeling. And I guess unusually, in five years of playing at Horsens, you've only had two managers: you, Bo Henriksen, who you mentioned, and obviously Jens Bertel Asku. What have you learned from each of them? I would say they are they are they are different. Bo Henriksen is more, I would say, special character. As everybody knows who follows Superliga, uh, with him, uh, like if you like him or you don't like him, there is no in between with him. Also, like a player, you can have a good, uh, good, good relationship with with him, but suddenly it can drop down 
after one match. So he's really intense and he's really expecting from the players to give everything on the match day. For him, the trainings are, of course, important, but for him, that's not the main main thing. Uh, if you are doing everything on the match and if you if he see that you are hungry and uh, you want to die for him, I will say, he'll give you everything. You will have all freedom. So, And he's not that much onto the tactic and everything. He's more on the power. Uh, let's do let's do that. Let's do set pieces. That's how horses play with him. And uh, battle, he's the different type of the person. Battle is more, like, I will say, like a... I will not say like a army. It's not that much, but everything is... Everything is how it needs to be. So every morning, every week, we know, okay, this morning you do this, 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 this. This is our week. We know how we're going to prepare. Uh, he don't want to take anything out out of his control. So he wants to control these kind of things, what he can control. So give us video analysis of the another opponent and everything. Uh, prepare us for the match. Much more, I will say, it in that way. And he's also trying to develop us much more also in the in the other aspects not just football aspects also in another aspect of the of the what you have it in the football so they are different but i'm honest with you i always said uh, bo hendrickson was really good for for horses he developed a club a lot but if we if the club needed to move to the next step what horses wanted to put more young players and everything i think it was the right moment uh, for both of bo hendrickson and the horses to to finish the story, let's say in a in a nice way, and to give it to the to battle because I think it was also right right man to do it uh, for the next step to the different level. So I'm really thankful for Bo Hendricks and I really have a good relationship with him. Uh, we talk also sometimes, so uh, still, so I'm really happy with him uh, how he helped me, but also I'm also really happy with battle. So I think uh, I'm lucky that I had really two different coaches, but for me they were really good. This is the first time that I've had a goalkeeper on the show. So I wanted to ask that given it looks from the outside like a reasonable amount of your training is done separately from the outfield players. Does that make it harder to build bonds with the rest of the the team? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit. It is. If, if you see it, for example, we are uh, we are one hour doing it, our things. And then suddenly in some, in some weeks uh, of the training, you are maybe just part of last game. Uh, like last 20 minutes if they don't need you for before yeah it's a little bit a uh, little bit different you are in your own world i will say uh, that's what i always said for me it's also important whenever i've been and especially now in denmark that you have a good connection between the keepers and the goalkeeper coach for me that's more important of course it's important to have a good connection with the old squad but it's really important that we know what is our job every goalkeeper that knows and that we support each other. And uh, I always, I'm always trying to do that also with the new keepers when they come here, also with uh, young ones, that we are all together. And of course, I know it's difficult for them when you are not playing, when you are second choice, that's the worst position in the squad because you know you, you will not come in. But we need to be together. And uh, if, they are, if we are good, they can push me, I can push them. And that's why they make my performance good, I will say. I also wanted to ask, most of your time at Horsens has been in the top flight, but during the pandemic, the club were relegated and you spent last season in the division below. How easy was the decision for you to, to stay at Horsens and to fight for promotion? Oof, yeah, it was not easy. Honestly, it was not easy. Um, I, was, I was close to go, 
I was really close to go to the one Swedish club. Uh, I don't want to say the name uh, now because it will not be fair to the that club and to the to the horses. But I was really close. It was, uh, I will say, few centimeters close uh, to that club. But it didn't happen. And then I was I was thinking, okay, I was I will be 29 to go down first division. It will be difficult if we didn't promote. But then that that thing didn't happen. And then I needed to to put in my head. I talked with Battle and everything. They were really fair to me. They said, if you get something, opportunity, we know uh, we don't want to make your troubles. Uh, we will be there for you, so we'll not be in your way. So they were really, really nice to me. But uh, suddenly it didn't happen. And then I, um, then I decide, okay, I'm staying here. Uh, I feel good here. Let's do it. Let's make the let's make it to the Superliga. And then uh, from that moment, I was from first. I was a little bit injured first two games, so I didn't play. But uh, from the next match, I was there fully in into the season. I also changed the goalkeeper coach because my ex goalkeeper coach went to Royal Antwerp with uh, Brian Priske, uh, and then I get the new goalkeeper coach uh, Lars Winde from Esbjerg, um, which was also a good thing. Because then I get some new energy, some new things on the training. And that's also helped me to develop even more. And then he wanted from me to develop some other things. And I was concentrating on that. And, uh, and yeah, we, were, we had the quality and we were also lucky to get promotion to the, to the Superliga. But it was good also for me and for my career to find out how is the first division football. Uh, now I'm also following first division football in Denmark much more than I was following when I was just playing in Superliga. Uh, I think it's uh, if you if you if you want to know, but I think it's also fine level. Uh, you can see the difference between top. I would say five, four teams are they can maybe compete with the Superliga. They will struggle, of course, in Superliga, but they have a fine squads and fine level. Other teams that are below below Superliga, of course, but still uh, the league is really developing and uh, I think it's a good for the young players to come there alone or whatever and get the, get the minutes in uh, Nordic Betliga. Yeah, it was such a dramatic end to the season because for so long it looked like Helsingor were going to get promoted and then they fell off towards the end. Horsens finished strong, Lungby finished strong and so, yeah, you, you ended up as champions and I, I wondered, you know, you started this season winning away at the Superliga champions, FC Copenhagen. How much confident did that result give you, you know, back in the Superliga that you could compete this season? Uh, yeah, of course, it gave us a big boost, really, because we were uh, we were driving with that success of the last season. And then it was important because we knew it, we cannot lose anything in park. And so whoever, if they beat us, you know you are, you are just going uh, to play against the champion. So it's, a, let's say, free game. Uh, you are there to show, and I think everybody was was impressed, but in a positive way impressed because we knew it. Okay, we were playing in first division, maybe in front of five hundred people in some games, uh, away games. I will say I don't want to to be rude to some of the teams, but you, we've been playing in Yammerbuk Stadium where there is no tribunes, and then suddenly you are in park and with uh, twenty five thousand people. Of course, everybody was impressed, but in a good way. And we took it. Of course, we need some luck to be the, the best team in Denmark, but we get it. So it was really good boost uh, for our confidence uh, to get the win in Parken. And then we started with that. 
first half of the season was really good. Now we are a little bit struggling, but we can get to that when you when you ask the next questions. Yeah, and you've obviously, as a team, had to overcome some adversities. Losing Kasper Tengstead early in the season, you know, such a pivotal goal scorer. But also your injury. Back in October, you were playing away at FC Norgeland and about half an hour in, you picked up an injury that looked quite serious at the time. What do you remember about that moment and how, how serious did it feel at the time? Oof, yeah, it was uh, it was the worst pain in my life. Being hurt, I had my ACL, also surgery of my ACL. Uh, I also get it on the match. Uh, it was also painful. I get hits in my head and everything, but this was uh, unbelievable pain. Uh, this was uh, I cannot compare with, with nothing. It's like you having a cramp, but it's constant cramp, so it's not uh, releasing. So if you have cramp, it's there for 10, 15 seconds, but this was for one minute cramp uh so uh, i was crying honestly i'm I, i'm tough guy but i was crying uh, how much pain was it uh, caused me uh, i thought there is something serious of course uh, um, and then uh, we went to mri and the uh, doctor's first impressions here in horses was that i'm out for the rest of the season which usually people are uh, when you get this hamstring uh, tendon sur- uh, surgery it's need a time. That's also one of the cases when I was playing uh, abroad, I had many connections. So I play with many different players. So I tried to call uh, some of them who had maybe similar injuries. I knew it or something. And then I found out that there is one of the best one in the world, in the Finland. Uh, uh, Lasse Lampainen uh, is the name of the doctor. So he's doing that surgeries. And uh, I went directly to him. Uh, I contact him. I find his number on, the, on the, his webpage. Uh, I send him email. Uh, he didn't answer. I tried to call him. He didn't answer. Uh, it just happened in a few hours after I get my that my season is finished because I didn't want to 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 stop. I try I tried to to do it maybe as fast as I can or maybe get it before. I wanted to hear his opinion, and then he get back to me and said, uh, "Yeah, just send me your MRI pictures. Uh, I would like to 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 see it, and I will give you my opinion." Uh, I sent him my MRI pictures. Uh, he get back to me. He said, uh, you can come in uh, three days. We can make a surgery. <laughs> wow. I was like, okay, that's perfect. And you can be back uh, in five months. Uh, but first I need to do the surgery and then I will tell you how how it's going to be. I was like, okay, that's good. If I can go to surgery, I was already starting to planning when I can be back on the pitch. Uh, and then, uh, of course, I went to the club. I told them uh, about that. Uh, club said it, yeah, no, war, no problems. You go there to the surgery. I made the surgery. He said, uh, usually it's five to six months. After three months, if everything is good, you can start to train fully. Uh, and luckily, I've been back after four months and five, six days. I was playing official match, which is uh, really rare in that injury. But uh, I gave everything uh, uh, when I was uh, had the rehabilitation. I had just had two days off. In the Christmas, I went to Croatia. My family was in Croatia. I was just staying here in Horsens and working hard with my physio. And uh, luckily, I'm back. Wow. What a journey. And I guess the fact that the Super League has such a long winter break this past season helped because I, I, the internet is often wrong, but it looks like you only missed, was it seven league games? Uh, no, even uh, less, two, and then just five, five league games. Wow. Well, yeah, for, for, su- for such a long injury, that's pretty <laughs> incredible. Exactly. So luckily, it was a long uh, break, and also the World Cup also helped me. But 
uh, yes, it was for such a long-term injury, it was really, really, I will say, really fast recovery. Also with my ACL, when I have it seven years ago, I was playing official match after six months, which is also unusual. Usually you are recovering uh, <laughs> after eight months. You see it, Menzach, for example, from Bromby, he, he was one year out with the ACL injury. I think he had the ACL injury. So, uh, yeah, I, I need to say my body is uh, good to me. But I'm also good to my body. So when something happened, my body giving me back. Yeah, on the back of that, coming back from a long injury must have required an enormous amount of mental and physical toughness. What was that that period of recovery like for you? And who was who were the people who helped you on that journey back to full fitness? Uh, you mentioned the surgeon, obviously. Yeah, of course. Uh, him is the most important thing at the start to make a good surgery. <laughs> And uh, it was him, but I also, my physio from Denmark, uh, from Horsens, uh, Mads Damgård, he came to me, with me, to Finland. And he was seeing the surgery and he, he had a talk with the, with the doctor and uh, about, about everything, about recovery. So he was really, really big part of it because he could also be off. We had uh, four, four weeks off. I think the team had four or five weeks off, but he stayed with me every day. Uh, here in Horsens, we were working really hard. Uh, so he was really, really big support and I'm, I cannot be, I cannot say it in the words how much I'm thankful for him because he really put everything what he can, uh, that we make it as fast as possible. Uh, and then of course, uh, my wife, uh, and the kids that, that was the biggest support, uh, in my journey because we, like I said, uh, we already booked the holidays trip to the Dubai in the winter, but we needed to cancel it. Of course I could go, I could went there. And have a recovery there for a few days but uh, we know what is my priority and uh, my wife accepted and she knows uh, football career is short so uh, she was also really big support in that so and of course from the mental side it was not easy but I just give a shot I give everything 100% and it came back to me I'll say maybe you could do the holiday this uh, this Christmas instead I said I said to her there will be time for holidays no worries about it <laughs> <laughs> And just finally on the injury, has it changed anything about how you play, whether whether it's mentally or whether it's in terms of physical preparation? No, no, no. Honestly, of course, it was difficult in the mental uh, first two games. I will say first three games, it was difficult for me, honestly, especially in FCK, FCK at home we played. Uh, I played one friendly match against Federizia, but it was on the artificial grass, no people, no no one. So it was like, of course, I did it good, but it was like, ah, okay, it's a, it's a just a friendly match, so it's like a training. But then suddenly you came after four months and a half of the break, you came where it's seven, 8,000 people, uh, fans. So it, it was a little bit tough mentally. But I think uh, when I talk with the battle and with my goalkeeper coach, uh, they said this game will be just be a bonus for you. So it's better to get in this game where is nobody expecting nothing from us then you get in the game in Lingby, which we play game after, which we need the points or something much more, which is expected not to lose, if you understand what I mean. Of course, we are not expecting to lose against FC Cohen, but it will be easier to get in that game for after. And uh, then we agree, I will get a chance in FC Cohen. Unlucky, I made a, I made a drop for a 1-1 shot, uh, for 1-1 uh, score when Vavro shoot on me. First half was fine, but... I look everything positive. I think it's fine. It's happened. Then the next match in Lingby, I was more aware, uh, which I had similar shot from Roma on 89 minutes. I save it. Uh, so uh, so maybe it's good that happened. We didn't lose against Lingby in that match. 
it was 1-1 and maybe that match will be crucial at that point. Maybe, maybe not. We will see it until the end, but it was good to have that match uh, before. After the Silkeborg FC Copenhagen game, I was, there were five or six journalists waiting to interview Kamil Grabara and I sort of threw in one question and I asked him about artificial pitches and I said, as a goalkeeper, do you prepare differently for playing on an artificial pitch? And he, he looked at me like I just asked the worst question in the world. And he said, no, why would I, why would I do that? It's all, it's all the same. So I was going to ask the same question to you and just say, <laughs> when you're playing at, at Norgeland or Silkeborg, does the ball move differently off the surface? Is it something you have to pay attention to as a goalkeeper? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it is. It is different, honestly. It, it is different. You need to be more aware, more concentrated, especially in Northland, uh, where they put a lot of water. So of course it's faster. But at the end, I I, I will agree with him. Uh, it's ball is a ball, pitch is a pitch. So uh, you just need to be every match fully concentrated. But there is a difference. But more for the field players than for us keepers. Got it. Cool. At the time of recording, Horsens are six points clear of relegation with six games to go. How confident are you that the team can survive? And how do you help the younger guys in the team remain calm given there's, there's the pressure is building? Uh, yeah, of course. Before the season, when we start, we were in, uh, not before the season, but in the middle of the season, we were in a comfortable situation, much more comfortable than now, of course. And we know the Olborg is getting there. As you can see in their performance, they've been unlucky, honestly, in the last few games. They should get more points. Lingby is also getting there, so of course it's not easy. And we, are, I would say, we were in the, we didn't perform like we usually perform. So of course, yeah, our confidence was a little bit shaky. But I think if before season somebody told us, listen, you have six points more in uh, in last six match. I think everybody in Horsens, every fan, uh, everybody will accept it. So we still need to know that we. Even if we had bad situation, we are still we are still there where we need where we wanted to be in the start of the season, uh, and we need uh, just to go and stay calm and try to win. Uh, next match uh, against Odense will be difficult. Every match in Superliga is difficult, but we need to go with that that mind like we've been uh, yesterday against Midtjylland. I think it was one of our better games uh, in the last last five six games. It was our best match. Of course, we missed. We missed the, something in the last part of the pitch, but we went there with our old Horsens mentality of the first season, uh, where we just been there and we just go out and then we just said, okay, let's try to win this game. Don't try to protect the lead what we have. So we went there and uh, I think, I hope and I believe we are getting and we are ready for the last six games uh, as we been in the first half of the season. Yeah, personally, I can't wait because I think that we've got a very tight title race at the top. Very tight relegation battle at the bottom. For the natural fans, it's really enjoying it. I know for us <laughs> players and for the horses fans, or I would say almost Lingby, it's not nice. But uh, yeah, that's, that's football. That's football. Uh, it's need to be interesting. It's need to be interesting, and it's good. It's like that. That's how you can develop like a player, also like a young player. That's what I also, when you ask me, sorry, I didn't answer to your your question for the young player. That's what I always tell them. Uh, tell them uh, when we are in this situation, uh, you will develop. You will develop because this is the games where you are developing. You need to fight for something. If you are not fighting for something, it's difficult to develop. So uh, trust me, you'll be thankful after in some ways of your career. It's, it's going to make you much more mature and everything in your, in your football or after. Yeah. Through adversity comes strength. 
exactly. What makes the Superliga different to the various other leagues that you've played in? For goalkeeper's perspective, I can I will talk the mostly. Uh, it's like it's not easy to be goalkeeper in Superliga. I will say uh, it's a tough league. Sometimes nothing happening. You are not touching the ball for twenty minutes, twenty five, and suddenly there is a boom boom chance. Maybe one shot, one goal. You are unemployed. Then next ten minutes. So it's not that much intense league for the goalkeeper in the perspective of the shots or something, even if you are playing against the good teams, because yesterday in Midtjylland, they just had one shot in the first half and that was a goal, and that was the own goal. Uh, of course, you have always to do something, but it's more about following the game, being good in the crosses and everything. So uh, it's pretty different than the other leagues, I will say, which I played for the goalkeeper's perspective. Uh, from the player's perspective, it's a tough league. I will say many players who came abroad and which I talk with them, they think, okay, Denmark... I would just come there, be good. It's going to be easy step up for another level. But then they come to Denmark and then they get surprised actually how tough it is, uh, the league. I would say it's a really tough league to play. Yeah, and I think when you see the, the sorts of players um, who have left recently and gone on to play in really top leagues, you know, whether it's in the Premier League or, or Liga, and they don't look out of place there. So the fact that those guys were, were mixing it in the Super League just shows you how much quality there is, I think. Exactly. That's, that's, that, that's what I want to also say. The, they were ready for, to take that level. I will, I will make, I, will, I don't want to be rude on some other league, but I will, I will take example of Croatian League, uh, which you have Dinamo Zagreb, like the best team. But also Dinamo Zagreb players, I know they are playing Champions League, but they go somewhere abroad and they struggle. We can see many examples uh, of, of, of that uh, when they are getting sold, even if they are playing for national team. And then they move somewhere, let's say to Premier League or whatever, or Germany, and then they are struggling because the league is not that strong enough. And then they get a big shock of the tempo of everything. And uh, when I also talk with the people from... I would say from uh, from Sweden or they are playing in Norway, which they play also in Denmark. They said, "Yeah, it's it's a different. You get a little bit shocked because it's a really tough league. It's much more tough league here. They uh, you cannot make mistake because if you make mistake, they just punish you directly in Denmark. Away from the league, but staying within the country, Denmark must obviously feel like home now after five years. What do you love about the country? And could you see yourself and, and your family living in Denmark once your playing career finishes?" I love this country, really. I really love it. Uh, everything is uh, how it needs to be, I would say. People are calm. Uh, people are people have everything what they need. Sometimes I said to them, uh, to the Danish players, you are, not, you are not thankful what you have. You need to live. You need to go to live in some other country, like I would say in Balkan countries or whatever, and then you will see what you have uh, in this country. So everything is... Everything is just under control. Everything is fine. It's really good, good uh, country for a family. They give you much, much opportunities about it, also to develop kids and everything. So I really like mentality. Mentality, I would say, is the best thing of Denmark. And outside of training and matches, what do you do to relax? And do you watch a lot of football? Uh, yeah, I watch a lot of football. I am following everything. Honestly, I'm following everything. I'm really onto football. I I know I would not say I know a lot, but I think I know almost every goalkeeper in the top 25 uh, countries who is the first choice or something. I'm really following, and especially I've been in eight different countries, uh, so I follow every my ex club, 
uh, I follow every league where they're playing. So, <laughs> and I have, like I said, I play with many different players, many different nationalities. So I always take a look at, on them. So yeah, I'm I'm really onto the football. This is my my second thing. Uh, what I'm doing first thing is trainings, of course, and the kids and the family. But uh, uh, my son, he's now five and a half years old. He's also watching football with me. Uh, yeah, we are. I'm really following every league. I will say I'm really following every league. I'm not much into the 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 movies or TV series. Of course, I watch it sometimes uh, with my wife, but. Mostly, it's a football in our home <laughs> and the basketball. I'm following also the basketball, but I'm the real sport guy. Also, you're active on Twitter and Instagram. How do you balance the positives and negatives that being available on social media can bring? Yeah, I, I look at that like uh, you can see it with who you can uh, get uh, who who you can get serious conversation of not or not. Uh, you can see it like, of course, there is a negative things, uh, but that's for me, that's a, that's a kid things. I will say, <laughs> you know, I'm just laughing at that. When somebody writes me something, for example, I, I remember FC co-match, uh, and somebody write me on Twitter, uh, Mate Delac, uh, hashtag me and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, put the Vavro face and, uh, Vavro say hi. And I was, I was just laughing and, uh, I was like, okay, yeah, nice, you know, I just pressed the like, you know, for me, it's a funny thing because it's really unnecessary, but I just laugh at that, at that negativity because I know what I'm doing and I know that I give all 100% of that all week and I go to the game and I know it's about me, it's about the team. And of course, people will be frustrated and negatively or whatever, if they lose, maybe they lose the bet on us or something, uh, but I just... Honestly, I just laugh, and uh, I like I like to be, of course, in social media available to the fans, uh, to the real fans, when they want to tell you. And I also accept the critics, of course. I'm not saying that I'm not accepting the critics, but good critics. You can you can critic negatively, but you can also say when somebody's performance is not nice. You can also say that, but in a nice way. If you are rude to me from the start, I will laugh and I will not take you seriously. But of course, we need to be open. I think every Every player needs to be open for that, for positive comments and for negative comments. And like I said, but you need to know how they are coming and what people want. If they want to tell you honest, honestly opinion, even if it's negative, you need to accept it. But if somebody is doing it like a kid or want to make you rude, then you just laugh about that. So you need to know who is who. But yeah, I'm, I'm active and I think, like I said, it's also good for the fans. I think they, all, they will also like it to get that. But it needs to be respect uh, in the both sides, I would say. Yeah, and I think actually that that closeness to the players is something that is uh, is what makes Superliga so so special. The fact that the the players and the fans can interact in that way in a way that I just don't think happens in Premier League or or in other other leagues like that. Of course, of course, I agree. Being a goalkeeper, you're always quite close to the stands. What's the craziest thing you've heard shouted while you've been in goal? Oof. Uh... I've been in Balkan, so uh, you know how is the Balkan fans. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I was uh, in Denmark. They are actually 
nice, I will say. They're really nice. Of course, they're calling me bold guy or whatever, uh, but I just came to them and I just laughed with them because I said, you didn't, uh, you di that's not negative. I'm bold. So I think that's, <laughs> you, you just said honest opinions, you know, sometimes. But yeah, of course, they are saying bad words, but uh, I never take it seriously when it's the match. It's a match. I know they want the best for their team, which I want also best for my team. But, uh, and of course, after we we have respect to each other but uh, i don't i just know if, uh, if i'm if i go to their club they will respect me so it's just uh, so it's just fun thing that you need to be rude to another goalkeeper it's nothing personal so that's why i say that's why i say i don't take it nothing personal whatever you said to me i know it's because of the game and you want your team win so uh, the guys can do it if somebody is listening from other opposite teams i would just laugh and i would just say to them yeah fine we just move on Brilliant. I've got one more question. For someone who is starting out in their career as a young goalkeeper, what's the best piece of advice you could give them, whether it's something technical or mental or, or anything else? Just be, just be yourself and uh, I would say be there to make mistakes. Uh, I think that's, that's, that's what I always say to the youngest goalkeeper. Don't take it too personal if you make a mistake or if you screw up the match or whatever because uh, even the best goalkeepers in the world, even the guys who play 300, 400, 500 games in a top level, they still make mistakes. Uh, so be there to make mistakes and uh, do everything what is in your hands, what you can do through the whole week. And then match is just, uh, is just a reward. So play match like it's just a reward. I always said this also to the old young goalkeepers and whatever, just do what you can in the whole week and then just relax with the match. And like I said, be there to make mistakes. Don't be afraid of them because they will happen. Even if you are afraid, even if you are not afraid, they will happen. So, but it's important how you bounce back after it. Yeah, and I guess if a striker makes one mistake in a game, no one remembers it. Whereas if a goalkeeper makes one mistake, that can be a that can be a one nil defeat, and it all gets pinned on that. So exactly, exactly. It sounds like you need a, a level of natural resilience and. You've talked about it, whether it's social media or being in the stands or whatever it is. You have to just uh, you have to just let it let it go past you. And I think that that's a, a very a very mature approach and great advice for for any young goalkeepers listening to this. Matej, thank you so much for giving up some of your time during a, a really busy part of the season. It's been an immense pleasure, and I'd like to wish you all the best for the the remaining six games of the season. Thank you, Henry. It was really nice to talk with you and uh, I really appreciate your work. Uh, it's really nice to see somebody out of Denmark putting it on Twitter and following us, following the league, also to read it on English. It's really good. Keep up your work and I hope it will grow even more. Your page and your everything. Uh, it was really a pleasure to talk with you and hope uh, guys who is listening uh, will have a good good time listening. Our Thank podcast. you, man. Likewise. <laughs> 